we're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the trend zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Feeling pretty good, Casey. Feeling pretty good. Pretty, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty right. good. That's a signpost up ahead. I see it right there. Your next stop, the trend zone. It is Wednesday, December 27th. Coming to you from Los Angeles, California. It's a beautiful 64 degrees here in the Val, in the Sherm. You know how we do, Dave. <laughs> Beautiful. Mostly cloudy here in Santa Monica. It's coming in at 61. Oh, chilly. Yeah. Brisk. Brisk. In today's episode, we're going to talk more fantastic finishes. Another brutal injury. Someone's got a birthday and all of the awesome games from the upcoming week. But before we get into that, Dave. Just like Santa in a sack. Tell me you got some tasty nugs for the people. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, Casey. It's the time of giving here. Uh, and I'm in the giving spirit. Let's get <laughs> it started here with uh, last week. Six teams came up with a game-winning score in the final minute of regulation. It was Buffalo, Green Bay, Miami, New England, and the Jets all kicking a game-winning field goal as seconds uh, ticked off or were almost off the clock. And then it was also Seattle with a game-winning touchdown with just under a minute remaining. So just like always, Casey, close, very close. Too bad it wasn't only four teams on that list, Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I experienced <laughs> Get a couple the wrong AFC end of that East one. teams out of there, and I think we'd be a little bit happier. <laughs> yeah, it's been that kind of season, Casey. That was only the sixth time this year that the Chargers lost by three points. But who's counting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving along, though, to another <laughs> nug, Casey, which I am uh, very happy to provide, including 43 games this year and 55 last year. So that's a total of 98 games out of the last 511. So over 19%, they have been decided in the final minute or in overtime. So as usual, the theme, it is tight. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like one out of five. So, you know, every week you're getting at least two of those bad boys. It's awesome, yeah, dude. No doubt about it. And in the, um, you know, in the spirit of you're never uh, too far down in any given season, 18 of the 20 last 20 seasons, at least one team has gone from worst to first in their division. Houston could be that team this year, um, although <clears throat> it is a little far fetched, but they're still is the chance that's right baby all you need is an opportunity that's right and if you wanted to feel a little bit old in fact really old and why wouldn't you the lambo leap spontaneously created by former packer safety Leroy butler turned 30 on tuesday <sighs> december 26th <laughs> how is that possible dude <laughs> we've been watching football for quite oh. some time now you got that right. Lots of leaps in between those two. I wonder yeah, how many handful, there have been yeah. in total. <laughs> hey, quick reminder, you guys, at Trend Zone, the podcast you're listening to right now is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dave, this is the worst time of the year to get some of those brutal injuries, and the Vikings got some terrible news coming off of their last game. No doubt about it, dude. Tight end. TJ Hawkinson, dude, out for the rest of the season, torn ACL and MCL during Ugh. that loss to the Lions last week, man. And Hawkinson 
leads the team with 95 catches, 960 yards, and has five touchdowns. All of that's, you know, those are huge numbers for an, it was a nice, nice season for Hawkins. And he had a beautiful role with that offense too. And even if they maybe weren't going to make it to the playoffs this year, he's obviously a big part of their future. And now Absolutely. he won't be back in the mix. Obviously this is one of those, you know, deals where it's going to take him well into next season in all likelihood to be the dude that he was for them this year. So it's a big shame. Yeah, it's a total bummer because he was really emerging as one of the top tight ends in the league. And yeah. we know how this thing is go. Next year, he'll be back, but it's a full another year before he's back to being totally. himself. So yeah. Luckily, sucks, he is pretty man. young. Mm -hmm. uh, he is pretty young, so I expect a full rebound. But uh, again, that's going to take some time. Absolutely. Bummer. And Dave, you know the old saying, tales never fails unless it does. Weird Ooh, story. Yeah, this one's a weird one. Pack the Packers have suspended cornerback Jair Alexander um, for bizarre actions in last week's game. He almost screwed up the coin toss. For some reason, he inserted himself in there, even though he wasn't named the captain. Went out onto the field and told the ref that they wanted to play defense first. In, in which case they would have basically had to kick off both halves. <laughs> they would basically sacrifice an offensive possession in doing so. The ref was cool enough to say, what, what you mean to say is you, you want to defer uh, to the second half. Um, and like, uh, yeah, yeah so, that's what I meant. Defer. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, if he took him literally moving ahead, then that would have been an absolute disaster. And that, um, that probably along with some other shenanigans, uh, gave uh, the coaching staff, they've had enough. And they said, look, we're going to suspend you for a day, for a game. Making it clear, that kind of nonsense will not be tolerated. Yeah, you know, if he would have gone out there and called heads, everything would have been fine. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. All right, Dave. You know why it gets wacky? Because it's so late in the year. Let's get into these games. It is week 17. Week 17? Are you Week 17? Yeah, that's right. Week 17. It's slipping away, man. It's slipping away. Two weeks. Oh, it's almost done, man. Oh, but Dave, we got to pour one out for the homies joining the other homies in death. Yeah, it would be the New York Giants, the football Giants, as well as my Los Angeles Chargers. Unbelievably, they were still in the mix until taking their loss last week to Buffalo. Uh, they joined the eliminated teams from the playoff, Washington. Arizona, Tennessee, the Jets, Carolina, and New England. So, Casey, almost everybody's eliminated, right? I almost was going to do a spit take, but then I had to clean it up, and it just wasn't <laughs> worth it for comedic expense. But, Dave, 24 teams are still in contention for the Super Bowl. That is tied for the most teams with two weeks remaining over the last 20 years. Crazy yeah. talk. That so go insane. not panic, yeah. handle your business, couple games still to be played, and let's go ahead and get into that, Dave. We're talking Thursday night football with the New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns are seven-point favorites. 
Yeah, and how about the the Jets coming off a win versus Washington, thirty to twenty eight, to bring their record to six and nine? Uh, they were dominating this game early and were up by twenty at halftime, but they gave up the lead late, unbelievably, only to score a game winning field goal in the final seconds, as we previously mentioned. But the Browns on the other side have won three in a row and are coming off a dominant win over the Texans, thirty six to twenty two. That brings their record to ten and five. And they're currently the five seed. The Browns have been playing much better since inserting Joe Flacco into the lineup. Uh, and Amari Cooper had a career day with 11 for 265 and two touchdowns. Largely, he attributed that to Flacco's performance. Uh, both defenses are very good. So expect a low scoring football game here. The Jets are already out of the playoffs. The Browns win and they're in. Up next for the Browns will be Cincinnati after this one. Yeah, two things on this uh, game. The Brownies, we talked a little bit of this before the show, was starting to get those vibes. If there's a dark horse team that could just sneak their way to the Super Bowl, they've got all the makings, dude. Joe Flacco, he looks back. He set the clock back. This defense is sick. They have a run game. Amari Cooper doing his thing. And then second thought is last week in my other league in uh, my fantasy conference championship, I was lucky enough to go up against Brees Hall in a PPR league who ended up with 47 points. So needless to say, I did. Yeah, that's crazy talk, man. Yeah, this Browns team, you're, 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 you're not kidding, man. They're kind of flying low on the radar, but that's, that's a formula that works. Run it and play defense. We, the old saying, pans out they did lose a handful of offensive linemen i'm not sure how that's mm-hmm. going to look if they're as dominant as they were there uh but flacco wow what a difference he's made and we saw i mean when he won it with the ravens he got on that heater for the postseason yep. and it was just and he lights was out so yep. it's a month of good football and he can have his second uh corvette as a uh, super bowl mvp dave what's better than sunday football or monday football or thursday night football A little Saturday NFL football. Come on, give it to me, baby. Yeah, it is the Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys in one of the premier games of the weekend. This is a big time showdown for the NFC possible playoff uh, preview here. Your Cowboys at home are favored by six in this one, Casey. I, uh, I give you the floor, sir. Okay, we'll be back in about 10 minutes, JK. Yeah. No, <laughs> this could actually now. be the last home game for the Cowboys. So far undefeated on the season and have dominated at home, winning by an average of almost 24 points. Coming off a brutally disappointing loss at Miami. Dak led the go-ahead drive late in the fourth quarter, but the defense, even though they played pretty well on the day, could not get that stop when they needed it most. Cowboys probably won't have Jonathan Hankins back for this one, which could create problems for that run defense was actually pretty good without him last week, two weeks ago in Buffalo got destroyed, but even last week, it still just wasn't good enough. Couldn't get the stops on that last possession. Speaking of defense, if you've been on the Twitters or the X or whatever the hell you want to call it, you've seen the collage of all these uncalled holding penalties on Micah Parsons. It's now been over nine games since Micah has earned A holding call. That's crazy. One of the best pass rushers in the league has gone nine and a half games without being held. And, you know, they're starting to find, oh, we have to watch where the guys line up. These receivers, he's a step off sides. We're doing this formation, two men in motion. They're adding emphasis to that, but taking away an emphasis 
from stopping some of the best pass rushers in the league from getting home. I just don't know what the hell these guys are doing. Make it make sense, NFL officiating with all the, the offsides on the receivers and changing games, man. It's it's really bad. But speaking of receivers, which are really good, C.D. Lamb expected to break the team's single-season record for catches this week. Um, he's two behind Michael Irvin with 111, so he should pass Witten and he should pass Irvin. Also third in team history in receiving yards at 1424. He's got to get over 1600 to um, pass Michael Irvin. Now, the boys hope to get Tyron Smith back for this game. Definitely missed last week against Bradley Chavello, but they're really going to need him in the postseason. The boys also waived linebacker Rashawn Evans, who on Tuesday was busted for possession of the hippie lettuce. I'm sure the taxpayers in Texas want their tax dollars going towards arresting citizens partaking in the jazz cabbage. I'm digressing, Dave. I'm spinning. Evans may return if he clears waivers, but the boys did need room to elevate um, offensive tackle Matt Walesco. So he's returning from IR. They need some much-needed O-line depth. They also need to figure out the running game. Only about 115 uh, per game. Pollard's got that average up to four yards a carry, but only 59 yards a game. They definitely miss Zeke in the short yardage situations, as we saw last week when Pollard was denied at the goal line there. And then Hunter Lepke fumbling on the very next play. Those were situations where Zeke dominated last year, and it's clearly been missed. And as well as Dax played this year, if they don't get the run game going, there won't be a deep playoff run. But some good news to spark a little doobage. I mean, Mojo, (laughs) Jimmy Johnson inducted into the Cowboys ring of honor at halftime of this game. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, way overdue. Way overdue. Thanks, Jarrah. Jarrah does it on his time, Dave. It's all Jarrah time. But thanks, Casey, for uh, uh, you know revealing that reefer madness for with the Cowboys there, as well as exposing the conspiracy theories against Micah. Free Micah. That's free Micah, baby. Hashtag free, free (laughs) Micah. All right, Casey, move it over to the Lions because they're a pretty good football team, actually themselves. They've won three of the last four and two in a row, having beaten the Broncos handily two weeks ago and last week, coming off a big win, thirty to twenty-four over the Vikings to clinch the NFC North division. Last time they clinched that North Division, Casey, uh, they were selling those big bulky cell phones. I saw it. I saw a picture on the tweeters on that one. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, get your cell phone. It looked like about, I don't know, small Cash suitcase. money brothers. <laughs> but Casey, that win uh, last week brings the uh, Lions record to 11-4 and four in a three-way tie out atop the NFC. Uh, but they do lose the tiebreakers and currently are the three-seed. Up next is uh, Minnesota again, believe it or not. But uh, Goff in last week's game, 30 of 40, 257 and a touchdown. St. Brown, 12 for 106 and a touchdown. And the combo, speaking of running the football, the combo of Gibbs and Montgomery, 32 for 135 and three touchdowns. So they've got the ground game going in a really big way there for the Lions. Um, the Lions still have a chance for that top seed and the bye. Uh, they obviously need to win out and, and get some help uh, along the way to get that done. Uh, obviously, this is a huge game here against the Cowboys. Can they keep up that momentum? Obviously, the Cowboys really feel like they need a win also here uh, to sort of get themselves pointed in the right direction here to finish off the season strong. So this is going to be a big one. 
Yeah, back-to-back losses for the Cowboys for the first time since 2021. They got to get it right, and especially with Jimma going into the circle. Come on now. Huge game. It's going to be awesome, and it's a standalone, so it's brilliant. Saturday night, come on. Do it for Jimmy. (laughs) Speaking of awesome games and former homes to Jimmy Johnson, we have the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are three-point favorites in this one. Yeah, and the Dolphins have won five of the last six. Last week beating the Cowboys, as you mentioned, with that game-winning field goal in the final seconds. And at 11-4, they're currently the two-seed, a game behind Baltimore, and two games in front of Kansas City. Uh, They still have a two-game lead in the division over Buffalo. So there's kind of a lot, you know, a lot of stuff has settled around them to some degree or another. But if they do want to earn that number one seed, uh, they need to beat Baltimore. And then after Baltimore, they'll have to beat Buffalo or have Baltimore lose in its final game against Pittsburgh. So um, it's a tough route to that number one seed, but it's still uh, achievable. This Dolphins team, though, we've known they've led the the NFL in total offense and in scoring offense for almost the entire season. That's Mm -hmm. where they are right now. Tyreek. Uh, leads the NFL with 1,641 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. And he could achieve his 2,000-yard goal, though it's getting harder each week now mm-hmm. after he missed that game. He has to average just under 180 yards per game in the last two games. So a late-season battle between two of the best teams in the AFC is certainly one of the highlight games of the weekend, no question. Absolutely. You mentioned the Ravens. They are currently the one seed and can lock that one seed up with a win versus Dolphins on Sunday. Ravens coming off an absolute beatdown of San Francisco, and they did so on the road where they're now 7-1. and Pretty good record. Lamar making his case for that second MVP with almost 3,500 pass yards and almost 800 rushing yards, 24 touchdowns. The Ravens have won five in a row, nine of ten on defense. They lead the league with sacks at 54, lead the league in takeaways with 26, and have the NFL's number one scoring defense, giving up just 16.3 per game. And speaking of defense, Dave, I know you love this guy, safety Kyle Hamilton, a star on the rise, former domer. He had two interceptions, gave up just three catches for 12 yards on six targets. And I don't know if you've been on the Twitter. You saw him get pancaked by that offensive lineman, got up to make the play. That's hustle, dude. You don't teach that. That's like a guy that just wants to do that. Yeah. Completely stoked with that. Bummer. He did leave the game with a knee injury, but Harbaugh says the team is fairly optimistic and it doesn't look bad for anybody. We'll see what that means closer to game time. Hate to give out these kisses of death, Dave. San Francisco's (laughs) the best team. Philadelphia. But the Ravens look like the best and most complete team in the NFL. They get a chance to prove it on Sunday. Yeah, and well, they had a chance last weekend, as you mentioned, and they they dominated that football game. That was incredibly impressive what they were able to do to that 49ers team. No doubt about it. Uh, this Ravens team is playing excellent football. And this is kind of cool, strength on strength, with really a great offense that the Dolphins bring to the table. And then that great defense that the Ravens have been playing. It's going to be a fantastic matchup to see what gives. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. All right. Up next, Casey, the New England Patriots are at the Buffalo Bills and the Bills at home are favored by 12 and a half. Yeah, these pads played playoff spoiler last week, beating the Broncos on Christmas, a little gift to the the AFC West contingency out there. But they have 
Uh, the Patriots have secured at least a top 10 pick in the upcoming draft. The Bills, they've worked their way back. They're the sixth seed. Remember, we thought these cats might miss the playoffs. They also, with a win and a little help, could be playing for that AFC East title next week against Miami. If the Ravens handle their biz and the Bills do against these Patriots, that game will be for the AFC East. So they can't mess around with the Patriots, who they actually lost to way back in Week 7. This Buffalo team seems to have figured things out since then, playing some great football. Don't mess around with these Pats. Win that game, and uh, everything is right there the following week, man. Yeah, and it's it's 12 and a half points, which is a lot, especially, you know, honestly, um, they the Bills almost lost last week to the Chargers, yeah. and the Chargers are right around there at that same mysterious level as, as the Patriots are. It's not that good of a football team. Yeah, it's the NFL. We see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like even the crappiest teams are a handful of plays away each week from competing and winning. It's yeah. close. It's sweet. <laughs> All right, Dave. Up next, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears. And those Bears are three-point favorites at home, Dave. Yeah, the Falcons coming off an impressive 29-10 to win over the Colts. A surprising win there, too, uh, to get their record to 7-8 and and just one game back in the division. At the nine seed, they're just a game back of two wild card spots as well. So a couple of different possibilities for them to get in. Uh, the switch to Taylor Heineke at quarterback gave them the spark that they needed. Needless to say, this is obviously a must win up next for them. It would be the Saints in another must win scenario. The Bears are coming off a 27 to 16 win over the cards. And at six and nine, they're not mathematically eliminated, but they need plenty of help to even sniff the playoffs. GM Ryan Poles, head coach Eber Flues, Fluzy, and quarterback Justin Fields all need a strong finish to convince ownership that they're on the right track and that they deserve to be the guys moving forward into next season. The Bears own two very high picks in next year's draft, and they will have plenty of decisions to make. No doubt. And Justin Fields is making that decision very difficult, man. The way he's played yep. the last few weeks, starting to show those flashes. I don't know that I'm giving up on that guy. I know he's got the big contract coming up, but like... Yeah. And it seems like if you do make that move, Casey, ultimately when you what you get back for Fields is not going to be worth it. It's just going to be throwing it away, you know. Yeah. So I feel like I'm kind of there with you. He's showing us a lot right now, um, and hopefully he show he'll be able to finish strong. Yeah, because plus also like you reset, you're back three years. You know, no one's. Gonna, I mean, what CJ Stroud is doing for the Texans is different. You don't usually see that. So right. I see. Go ahead with Fields. We'll see. Interesting questions coming up. All right. Up next, it's the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans, and the Texans at home are favored by three and a half in this one. Yeah, the Texans, one of four, eight and seven teams. They're currently the eight seed and out of the playoffs and need a win to keep pace with the Colts, who are also eight and seven and who they play next week. Mm. The good news is the Texans are likely to get C.J. Stroud back for this one. Stroud's been out since week 14 with a concussion. The Texans are less likely to catch the Jags for that AFC South title, but it is still on the table. Titans are hoping to get rookie quarterback, uh, their rookie quarterback back too. We're talking Will Levis. He missed last week's game, but no need to rush this guy back, even with a chance to cause chaos. The next two games, first the Texans and Jags. The Titans currently with the seventh overall pick in next year's draft. They could spoil some futures for their division mates, but... I'm not too sure that is going to happen. Yeah. 
it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, like you said, no reason to rush Levis back. I think what we've seen there is that that's they're good enough to to proceed forward uh, with the with the new regime there. Yeah. All right. Up next, it's the Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts at home are favored by three. Yeah, I just mentioned the Colts, one of those four, eight, and seven teams. They're currently the seven seed. And all nine weeks, 17 games featuring at least one AFC team will have an impact on the Colts' playoff odds. Some more than others, but all of those. So that's kind of a weird thing. But their simplest and most direct route is to win their last two games. That would also keep their AFC South hopes alive but they would need a lot of help to win the South specifically from those Titans. Even so the Colts have a very good shot at reaching the playoffs. It all starts with beating the Raiders. They will have Jonathan Taylor. They might have Michael Pittman and Zach Moss, but they won't have safety Julian Blackman. Who's been a huge part of what these guys do. Let's see how much magic the Gardner has left in that sweet mullet and even sweeter porn stash. Big game for the Colts. Big game for the Raiders. It is a big game, no question, Casey. And the Raiders have won two straight two weeks ago, destroying my Chargers. And then last week on Christmas Day, giving a lump of coal to Kansas City fans by dismantling the Chiefs. It was a solid win and a strong statement for interim head coach Antonio Pierce's quest to earn the head coaching job there on a permanent basis. Is there a chance for the 7-8 and eight Raiders, currently the 11 seed, tied with Denver and a game back of four, eight, and seven teams vying for just one wild card spot? <laughs> it's a long shot, but if they get by the Colts with the W... They still have one final game they must win hosting Denver. That seems a little easier perhaps at this point in time than it did a couple of weeks back. And even if the Raiders are able to get the wins, they still need plenty of help. Dude, if you think a Raider fan is incorrigible when the Raiders suck, think what happens if they get on a, a heater and make it to the playoffs. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine that right now, Casey. Hopefully oh. we'll see. We shall see. All right, up next we have the Carolina Panthers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. A cat battle, Dave, here, and the Jags are six-and-a-half-point favorites. <laughs> How are you doing? I'll tell you what. The Panthers quarterback, Bryce Young, had perhaps his best day uh, as a pro, passing mm -hmm. for 312 and two touchdowns, two late TD drives to tie it before losing to the Packers 33-30. to uh, With their record at 2-13, and 13, they are likely to earn the top, top draft pick, but – surrender it over to the Bears as part of last year's trade to acquire Young. Now they'll need to find a new head coach to help Young to continue to, to develop. If Panthers owner David Tepper could buy a winning coach, he would, right? The Jags on the other side, Casey, enter, enter this game having been blown out last week, 30-12 to 12 by the Bucks. Trevor Lawrence tossed two picks before he hurt his shoulder and couldn't continue. And a month ago, it felt like the Jags were surging, mm -hmm. having won seven of eight games and could even possibly earn the top seed in the AFC. The Jags have now lost four in a row yeah. to drop to eight and seven and a three-way tie in the division with Indy and Houston. They win the tiebreakers and lead the division uh, and can clinch the division if they get a win and both the other two teams lose. Uh, but this is a heck of a lot tighter than it ever seemed like it was going to be when this, when the, when those Jags were just on an absolute tear earlier in the season. 
Yeah, and we'll see how healthy, you know, Lawrence is moving into this game. They should have no problem with the Panthers, but like it felt like the whole thing clicked in the second half of that game for the Panthers. You know, with the rookie quarterback, he did play his best, but it felt like it all kind of got there. DJ Shark had a great game, so um, you can't just chalk this up to a win for the Jags. The NFL is too volatile, and if they do lose this game, stuff gets interesting. <laughs> sure does. All right, up next, it's the Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants, and the Rams are six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Rams are also one of three eight-and-seven teams in the NFC, tied with the Seahawks, but they swept the Seahawks, so they're technically in front of them. Currently the sixth seed with a huge game at San Francisco next week, baby, which may be for their playoff lives. So yep. they can't mess around and drop this game. Now the Giants, they are dead and currently have the fifth pick in next year's draft. And just like the Giants season, Tommy Cutlets has been sent to swim with the fishes. It's going to be <laughs> Tyrod Taylor getting the start. They These Giants could still impact the playoffs and possibly save jobs with wins over L.A., and more importantly, Dave, a win over Philly next week. And if they can only win one more game, please let it be next week. Come on. Come on, NFL God. <laughs> Do it for me, baby. Do it. Uh, I'm with you on that. Give these Giants just one more victory. Maybe there's a chance that the, their draft position sl slides down a little bit and my Chargers climb the board a little bit. It's always uh, I'm all for that, case. Right on, baby. I could use the energy. All right. Speaking of those stupid Eagles. It is the Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are nine and a half point favorites at home. Yeah. And the Cardinals first season under Jonathan Gannon is the struggle that we thought it would be knowing that Kyler Murray was going to miss a good chunk of the season. Uh, and at three and 12, the Cardinals currently have the second pick in the draft and have to decide whether to take a quarterback prospect uh, and start over or to continue to build around Murray. Uh, with a, potentially a stockpile of draft picks if they trade out. Mm -hmm. The Eagles, on the other hand, they've been one of the best teams all uh, in the league all year, but lately they sputtered out a bit, having lost three straight to San Francisco, Dallas, and Seattle before last week beating the lowly Giants 33 to 25. Uh, they, you know, they certainly don't feel like the well-oiled machine mm -hmm. that they were last season in the playoffs or even earlier this season. And at 11 and four, they are still atop the uh, NFC East, but they're in a three-way tie with Detroit and San Francisco, and they are the two seed. Uh, they should be able to handle Arizona this week and finish off the Giants uh, again next week. Uh, so it seems likely that they will take care of business and enter the playoffs on a high note. Um, and even maybe earn the top seed and, and the bye. There's still, there's still uh, room for that possibility. Yeah, and they'll know more. Depends what happens with Dallas and Detroit on Saturday. If Dallas does win that game, Philly's got to come up and show out against these Cardinals, which they should exactly. be able to do. But if Dallas loses that game, they might uh, just coast into the playoffs. And, you know, the, the Cardinals have been feisty this year. Mm -hmm. You know that personally, Casey, as they Absolutely. they come up and got your, your Cowboys. But even since then, the insertion of Kyler Murray into the lineup, that gives them sort of that – gunslingers chance you know and connor is one of these quiet running backs that kicks total ass that guy yeah. is a beast so i'll be rooting for those red birds come on now <laughs> all right up next it's the saints at the tampa bay buccaneers the buccaneers are at home and favored by three this is a this is a pretty tight tight battle though dude 
Baker and these Bucks are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They've won four in a row. They can clinch their third straight NFC title with a win on Sunday. This one without Tommy. They can't reach the two or the three seed, but they can still host a playoff game. And Baker, while on this win streak, has thrown for over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns to just one interception, and is big one of the biggest bargains at just four milli this season, and has definitely earned himself a big payday by these Bucks or another QB hungry team. There's a bunch out there. Rashad White has also been outstanding too, over a hundred scrimmage yards in four of his last five, adding. 15 receptions and four total touchdowns. If they can beat these Saints, next week's game becomes a get your starters healthy and wait for Dallas or Philly in the wild card round. It's a big game for these Bucks to prove that they're back. Yeah, and the Bake Show, they I mean, they've really put it together here lately. It's been mm-hmm. pretty impressive. But on to the Saints, Casey. They had won two in a row, but last week they lost to the Rams 30 to 22 to drop their record to seven and eight. Just a game back of Tampa which may, obviously makes this one huge. Uh, they're also tied with Atlanta in the NFC South. But in the race for the wild card spot, they're just the 11 seed, mm-hmm. losing a four-way tiebreaker uh, of seven and eight teams. And uh, they're a game behind the last two wild card spots as well. So um, New Orleans loses a lot of the tiebreakers, a lot of them due to head-to-head losses. And so they would definitely need to win out and get a ton of help to make the playoffs up next for them. It will be in the division again versus Atlanta. So they right in front of them are teams that they need to beat, but I still think uh, they would, they would still need some help to get in. Yeah. And they need uh, they're going to need the Panthers to help them out next week. If they do in this game, which I yeah. do difficult about it's the NFL crazier shit has happened, obviously. So yeah. Um, I don't think that will be the case in this next game coming up. We have the San Francisco 49ers at the Washington Durs. Niners, 13 and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah, and the Niners appeared to be the team to beat in the NFL after winning six in a row. Uh, but the Ravens dealt them a loss last week, 33 to 19. QB Brock Purdy has had a great, perhaps even MVP caliber season. Uh, But he's coming off a game in which he threw four interceptions and he, along with a couple of his offensive linemen, got banged up, too. Uh, They have clinched the NFC West division title and uh, their net points are plus 177, which is the best in the league. But they're not quite as dominant as they were for a little while there. Now, the commanders battled back from 20 to nothing against the Jets and even took a fourth quarter lead last week before losing on that last second field goal to lose their sixth in a row by a score of 32-28. And in that game, struggling Sam Howell, who was 6 of 22 for 56 yards in a pick, Ugh. was replaced by, by Jacoby Brissett, who led the rally going 10 for 13, 100 yards and one touchdown. Ron Rivera has decided he's going to go with Brissett for the start, as the starter for the remainder of the season. Uh, and let Howell learn from the bench. And this is not an indictment on Howell in the big picture of things. Even Brissett has made it clear that he's here to help Howell through these struggles because on the other side of it, he's going to be a better quarterback. The 49ers, Casey, back to them. They got to win the remaining two games to ensure that they get the top seed. Up next is the Los Angeles Rams. Not an easy task there. Mm -hmm. Rams always play them tough. A loss opens the door for Detroit or and or Philly to steal the top seed from them. Yeah, dude. And if I'm Sam Howell, I don't mind 
having a learning experience on the bench when the Niners come to town. (laughs) He's getting a gift right there. But, dude, this team is most likely going to be blown up in the offseason. I doubt Ron Rivera comes back. What does that mean for BNME? Um, Tons of question with the Bears. Yeah, lots and lots of questions. I agree with you 100% there. Um, All right, Casey. Up next, it's the late games on Sunday. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are at home favored by three and a half. Yeah, one of these weird games where teams from different conferences, both trying to get in the playoffs, could both have a huge impact on those playoff races. Um, The Steelers, one of four, eight, and seven teams, and they are the nine seed. They had a huge win over Cincy last week that I don't think anybody saw coming. That helps them stay alive, but they still need help even if they win out. Looks like Mason Rudolph will get the start in Seattle. Speaking of Seattle, they've won two in a row and can control their playoff destiny with two more wins. A loss, though, opens up the window for a bunch of teams. Hawks need to channel their inner out Davis. Just win, baby. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And it seemed like the Seahawks earlier in the season were every, like one of those kind of with the Lions. Like, oh, man, look out for the Seahawks. They're they're really going to be threatening this year. And then that four-game losing streak just completely derailed them, you know. Yeah, and, and then I the think... Steelers are kind of in an opposite way. They were out in front early, winning all those games magically, practically, uh, before kind of hitting a wall uh, recently. But that was, like you said, an impressive win last week over the Bengals. Yeah, sure George Pickens two weeks ago is the GOAT for, you know, being lazy on the block. Right. And then last week Berserker. just blows up and shows you how good the guy can be. So um, I guess they're wise to be sticking behind him. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, you tolerate a little more depending on the player's quality. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen that before and that will continue. All right, Dave, up next, we have your Los Angeles chargers at the Denver Broncos Broncos, five point five and a half point favorites, Justin Herbert versus Russell Wilson. I can't wait for this one, baby. It's going to be awesome. Casey, I correct you. It is stick versus Stidham. <laughs> the matchup you've all been waiting for, NFL fans. Oh, okay. I'm glad all I'm right. not flying in from San Clemente to watch this game. <laughs> oh, but who, who would do something like that, Casey? <laughs> the Chargers coming off a decent performance last week where they almost pulled off the upset versus Buffalo, but instead found a way to lose their sixth game this season by three points or less losing their third straight to drop to five and 10 good for the sixth pick in the draft losing out could improve that draft pick and make the chargers GM and head coaching jobs, even more appealing to potential candidates. Nonetheless, I digress. The Broncos last week lost to new England, 26 to 23. It was their second straight loss in three out of four. And it was particularly damaging to their playoff hopes, virtually eliminating them, but not mathematically. They're all, they are the 12 seed and they need a myriad of miracles to sneak into the playoffs. All that has led to the benching of quarterback, Russell Wilson, which I don't know that anyone saw coming. Why would they do that, Dave? I'll tell you why, Casey. Wilson has a $37 million injury guarantee for 2025. That becomes fully guaranteed in March of 24, which is kind of around the corner. And if he can't pass his physical at that time, meaning he were to take uh, an injury here in the next two games, that $37 million becomes guaranteed and it's on the books. So in order to 
free themselves up from that $37 million guarantee in 2025, which is a more of a long-term commitment. They're going with Jared Stidham. He'll get the start. Russell Wilson stays healthy on the sideline, and that allows the Broncos to move on from Russell Wilson more easily uh, if that's what they choose to do at the end of the season. And it certainly seems that all signs point to that divorce impending. Maybe they should stockpile a bunch of draft picks and trade them for some hotshot quarterback. <laughs> you know, I wonder, I, I was kind of kind of curious. I, I think it was a five for one deal to Oof. get Russell there. Obviously giving back, you know, they gave back Noah Fant. They also gave back a defensive lineman that was a pretty strong defensive yeah. lineman, and I believe two draft picks. And, of course, they've traded picks away to get Sean Payton. So when you package all of that stuff up, when you take the count of what's left over after next season or as they they enter into next season, uh, it looks like there won't be a lot to show for those trades. F They'll all them Payton, picks, though. Dave. F all them picks. <laughs> Who needs works, draft picks? Works for the Rams. Yeah, right. All right, Casey, up next, it's the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs at home are favored by seven and a half in this one. Yeah, dude, and the Bengals inexplicably got the cat crap kicked out of them last week versus the Steelers. They are still one of four, eight, and seven teams, but they're the fourth out of those four and would need your major, and I'm talking major help, and catastrophic, huh? Chaos, catastrophic, hey. <laughs> to make a playoff push meow. But for all intents and purposes, these kitties have used up all nine lives and now get to play an angry Chiefs team that's lost three in a row at home. Yeah, and the Chiefs have not been playing nearly as well this season as we've come to expect from a team led by Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the ultimate Swifty, right? That was on display Christmas Day as the Kansas City, uh, as the Raiders came into town, distributing lumps of gold to all the Chiefs fans uh, and winning 20 to 14. Uh, and it was a decisive win by the more physical team that day. The Raiders dominated them physically. Uh, the Chiefs have lost three of the last four, and the door is actually open for the Raiders to steal the division, although that would require the Chiefs to lose out, the Raiders to win out, and the Chiefs, of course, finished with the Chargers. So that is highly unlikely. But more likely that the Chiefs will win the final two games and actually enter the playoffs on a high note here. That being said, the Chiefs will certainly have a tougher route to the Super Bowl, including two road games, if they put together a run in the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be an all-new experience for Patrick for Mahomes well. taking this uh, his MBV on the road. That's right. <laughs> he'll have to bundle up yeah. <laughs> depending on where he goes right oh man all right dave we got one last fiesta and it is the green bay packers at the minnesota vikings and the vikings are two point favorites okay once upon a time the vikings had won five straight and we're heading towards a likely playoff burst since then though they've lost four of the last five uh, last week, losing to Detroit 30-24. to The Vikings are in a four-way tie atop of the four teams at 7-8, and eight, so they win that tiebreaker at this point in time, and they're just a game back of two teams that occupy the final two wildcard spots. Uh, they likely need to win this game and the next at Detroit and get a little help 
to sneak into the playoffs. Uh, their quarterback position has been in flux too. Will it be Nick Mullins who threw four picks in last week's loss Ooh. and six picks over the last two games for the Vikes? Uh, will they go back to Josh Dabbs who played well at first, but then not very well, or will it be rookie Jaron, Jaron Hall? Um, I'm guessing Hall mm-hmm. or Mullins, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's, it's, it's too early to say they, they'd like to keep us guessing. Yeah. These teams were showing so much promise just a few weeks ago, but the Packers, they lost two in a row before, um, hanging on to beat the Panthers last week and they just barely held on. Yeah. And those back-to-back losses all but killed their shot at the playoffs. They have to get to nine wins to have any hope for the postseason. So finishing strong and taking the Vikings down um, with them would at least be something to feel good about if they're not getting into the playoffs. And moving forward, there is a lot to be excited about for these Packers. Finally have an arsenal of young receivers there. Yeah. Uh, they think they've got their guy in love. Good running back situation. Uh, as long as Alexander's not out there for the coin toss, this team's got potential. But that excitement and that potential mostly likely starts next season. So um, just unfortunate that they dropped those games that it was to the Giants and another team that they should have beaten, but they didn't. And now they're going to most likely be on the couch. Yeah. Like you said it, man, at one point it was like, look out, this pack is, is, is coming. Mm -hmm. And uh, we said that about the Rams too. And it looks like the Rams are going to be able to pull it through if they can keep it going. But this, this Packers team seems to have fizzled out Um, too bad. Dude, we are going to have so many games next week with playoff implications. It's going to be out of control. I'm here for it. You're here for it. We'll all be here for it. And we're going to hook you guys up. And you know, the best way to not miss any of that action is to subscribe to the trend zone. It's the podcast you're listening to right now. It's available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Amazon music, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Instagram and Facebook, follow us on Twitter at football dudes, LA, and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Yeah. While you're out there surfing the interwebs, go ahead and bookmark footballdudes.com. That is going to do it for this episode of the trend zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football and Dave and myself would like to wish all you cats out there in listensville, a very happy new year. And the very best for you and your families in 2024. My resolution, Dave, to hate the Eagles. Something I know that I can continue in 2024 and not give up a couple days in, you know? Yeah, I'm just going to recommit to the NFL, Casey. Just, you know, my love. I like the cut (laughs) of your jib, sir. That is going to do it for Dave. I am Casey. Happy New Year. We are out of here. And out of 2023.